Welcome to Lift, a parenting podcast where we ask the questions about family and faith. Parenting takes a lot of heavy lifting, both in physical, emotional, and spiritual ways. Let's face it, raising a family is hard work. Some of us are doing it as a single parent. Some of us are working with a spouse, but all of us have questions every day. Are we screwing up our kids, our marriage, our relationships? This podcast will ask questions that can guide each of us to finding our rhythm and creating a space for God in our home. And did you know we have a Facebook page now? So make sure and check us out, Lift a Parenting Podcast on Facebook. All right. Hey, guys. It is Kim Myers here. Um, I'm so glad. Nope, that's not what I meant to do. There it is. So glad that y'all are able to join us tonight. I know several people have texted me and said tonight is not their night. But again, remember that um, this video will be saved. Um, at this point, Parenting Under Pressure is a private Facebook page. And that's kind of, if we're going to complain, ask questions, um, we'll use that. If we're going to ask questions about certain things in our households, I wanted it to be um, more of a private online venue. Um, if we feel like it's too hard for others to find us and join us, then we might make it public. But for this first class, we're going to keep it private. So I'm so glad you're here tonight. Those of you who I may not know, my name is Kim Myers, and I am the associate pastor at of Family Ministries at St. Andrew. Um, small background, I was a teacher before I was a preacher. So I taught um, deaf education and special needs and language development for um, five years. And then I taught um, in the first and second grade classroom um, for five years. And then um, I went into the church world, um, still slash education, running um, the preschool at a local church. And long story short, I was going to go back to teaching. Then I went to seminary and now I'm at St. Andrew. So there's my life in a nutshell. I am a wife to Dan. We will be celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary in a, a month, actually almost, yeah, a month, um, June 3rd. Um, the trip to Mexico has been postponed not canceled, postponed. Um, and then we have two boys. We have a 16-year-old and a 13, almost 14-year-old boy. So um, parenting is something that I think is, it's a skill that we don't teach anymore. Um, it's something that you know, when I became a teacher, I did four years of college. When I became a preacher, I did four years of college to prepare myself for that, right? And unless you're like me, who my college and my seminary both had underlyings of faith development in childhood, sometimes like parenting is just too much. Um, I kind of think that we don't know what we don't know. On the flip side of that, I truly believe that every parent wants to be the best parent they can be for their kids. Um, can we be that every day? Absolutely not. So this is going to be a four-week class. So the next um, three, so tonight and the next three nights in May, um, I'm going to do a 45-minute class, about 30 minutes of content, and then some Q&As. Um, 
Jessica, what are your technical difficulties? Is it on my end or your end? Let me know. Can everybody hear me okay? All that stuff. Um, as y'all are telling me that in the comments, how about we pray? Dear gracious and loving God, as we gather tonight, um, frankly, we're gathering tired. Uh, it's been a long day. It's been a long 2020. Let this time be time that gives us renovation, not renovation. <laughs> See, I'm tired too. Let this time be a time that builds us up, that renews us and gives us faith in who we are as parents and first and foremost as children of God. As we pray in Christ's name, amen. So I'm going to get started on the presentation. Um, let's see if this works. There we go. Okay, so the overview of the class. We're going to be looking at, I took this class and I took like my favorite parenting books and just um, early childhood books or just child development books, right? So we're going to be looking at the whole brain child and that's when we're going to dive in a lot tonight. Parenting with Love and Logic, Sticky Faith Guide. We're going to do that every single night because I think that that's one thing that a lot of parenting classes leave out is faith. Um, Secrets of Happy Families and Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. And also we're going to be looking at the Bible. What I want to pause for just a second. So this is my favorite book in the whole world. This is my new um, large print Bible because um, I'm old is one of my friends likes to remind me. But um, the Bible is full of imperfect humans that God has called into ministry, into his greater story. And that includes us. Okay, so the other thing that this class is going to be full of is grace. We have to give grace to ourselves. We have to give grace to the people that we parent with. And we have to give grace to our children. Okay, all of those are not easy things to do, but they should all be done. And finally, we need to lean into our faith. We can't do this alone. Um, Again, I think I, I just stole my thunder, but the Bible is full of imperfect people who God has called into ministry, and that includes us. I'm not going to lie to y'all, um, getting my brain around doing a parenting class tonight was a little more difficult than what I thought because um, we're in week like 463 of COVID, and I'm no longer um, the best person that I want to be, but I'm working on it. So tonight we're going to really dive into this book. Um, it's called The Whole Brain Child. And it really just talks a lot um, about how your child's brain works and the best way to communicate with them. Um, I'll tell you again, none of these books are required, but if I say something tonight, that you like, dive in on Amazon, right? This book is a fun read for people like me who um, get a kick out of brain development. Um, like if I could find this book that weaves faith development, oh, 
it would be like the best place in the world if I read it on a beach or a mountain. Um, we are going to look at what's called the refrigerator sheet. So once you, once you get this book, in the back of the book, it kind of has this two-page overview of everything in here, okay? All of this stuff in two pages, which is all I can do for you tonight in, um, you know, a 30-minute class, okay? As we are doing this, if you have questions, throw them in the comments. Um, it doesn't mean I'll answer them right then but we can have um, time at the end to review that kind of stuff, okay? All right, so let's dive in to The Whole Brain Child. And this book is written by Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, okay? Um, they're also the authors of No Drama Discipline. <laughs> Sorry if that offended them, but okay. So we all know there's a left brain and a right brain. So if you combine the left brain and the right brain, that brings greater clarity of who we are. Okay. So one of their phrases is connect and redirect. So left brain, right brain. If you're upset about something breaking, you can bring that logic into the why and then redirect into something different. Maybe did you see this picture on the fridge or did you, right? So you connect the emotion and then you redirect it. Same thing, you name it to tame it. So I um, love, and if I would have thought about this earlier, one of my favorite pictures of Dylan that we took um, when digital pictures became a thing because it comes up on my time hop. Yes, I've been a parent before digital pictures. I was born in the 19s. Um, but there's a picture of him in the kitchen, literally crying over spilled milk. He was probably about three. I mean, I still remember that day, like huge tears. So instead of probably doing what I did and saying, it's okay, it's just milk, right? That doesn't help in that moment. You name it, Dylan, you're sad because, are you sad because you dropped your milk? And naming it, yes, then you can talk through that and move on. I also want to just give an overview. This um, left brain, right brain, ages and stages um, goes in the back of the book. It talks about, um, it goes up through teenage years, okay? Okay. Um, this book in particular goes up through age 12, um, <laughs> but um, believe you me, the brain's still de developing after 12, as I have a 13 and 16-year-old. All right. So they have, this book names it Upstairs and Downstairs Brain. So our lower half of our brain, the part of our brain that um, really is meant to keep us alive. Okay, that's its primary purpose. It's pretty much fully developed when we're born, right? It grows with us, but it's pretty much got all its knowledge when we're born. How to breathe, our heartbeats, like all the things that happen in our brain happen in the downstairs part of the brain, okay? The upstairs part of the brain is there, but continues to grow and develop 
as we get older, okay? And so that's why this book goes through age 12 because it is developing to that point. And then typically around age 12 to 25, 27, depending on the kid, the frontal lobe, the upstairs brain isn't fully developed. I call it mushy brain. Um, right now, my kids are fully living into the mushy brain because um, as you go through puberty, that development process and the hormones changes some of the receptors in the brain. And so I, I just call it mushy brain syndrome. But we're going to stay before mushy brain and call it upstairs, downstairs. Okay. So engage, don't enrage is what they talk about in this whole upstairs, downstairs. Okay. So just naming, I talked about it again with the um, tantrums and the milk. That's another thing that you can say is connect and redirect. That's part of this engage, don't enrage. Because here are the two things you could do. You could do, Dylan, you spilled your milk, get over it, move on, right? It's just milk. Don't cry over spilled milk. Or you can say, I understand you spilled your milk. Does that make you sad? Yes, it makes me sad. I understand why that makes you sad, you know, and move on from that. I see we have a couple friends joining us late. You haven't missed very much, but you can catch up. Um, later on what you missed. The other thing about developing the upstairs is they say use it or lose it. So um, I don't know if your kids have told you they hate you yet. Um, they will. Um, that just means you're doing a good job. At least that's what I tell my brain. Um, and so there are two ways you can respond to mommy, I hate you, or daddy, I hate you, right? I hate you. And the first way to respond, which is kind of our gut, I want to say it's our gut way to respond is that's not okay to say that. Don't say that to me. It's not kind. Never say that again. Okay. That's not letting them use the upstairs brain. Okay, so engaging the upstairs brain is, I hate you, mommy. Wow, you're really mad. Um, yeah, I hate you, right? They're, they're going to keep poking. Oh, is it because I didn't get you that necklace at the store today? Yes, you were mean. I understand. Um, but the, the necklace wasn't for sale and I didn't have enough money. Maybe another day we can get that necklace. And then you move on. Um, and how about we brainstorm ways that you can raise money to buy the necklace, right? Because you and I both know they don't hate us. They hate that they didn't get what they wanted, okay? Which turns into anger, which turns into words, which especially in ages 12 or under um, can sometimes happen in older ages. Believe you me, we've had a week. Um, but the anger comes out through words because that's the bottom half of the brain just saying, you know, and move it or lose it. That's talking about if you don't um, engage the upstairs brain and the downstairs brain, that connection is always going to be this guttural reaction, right? If you never help them get into the emotion and the why behind it, you know, this can, this can work with a 
a early childhood kid, this is not just a teenage thing, right? The spilled milk situation, you can say, don't cry over spilled milk and move on. But then that probably is going to enrage because they are crying over spilled milk. Like that is their thing right there. Okay. Um, so you help them into that. I hate you, mommy. Right. I, that is, you can say that's not nice, but I, do you hate me because I didn't buy you that necklace? Yeah. You're so mean. I know. I understand why you feel that way. Da, 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 and move into the problem solving of, I understand that you wanted that necklace. Today wasn't the day we could get it, but let's brainstorm ways that you can get it, right? When we talk about love and logic, one of their things is, hey, I've heard other kids do it this way. Would you like me to tell you about that? And, you know, engage in that way. So you move it from the lower half to the upper half. Because let me tell you, parenting a three-year-old well is super hard. But parenting them well means your 13-year-old is still hard because nothing about parenting is easy. But you've developed that problem-solving skills. A lot of every single book that we're going to look at is going to be talking about giving the problem back to the kids right? In my household, I say, um, like, I've already been in seventh grade, like, figure it out. I don't leave them out to dry. But I let them utilize the brain that God has given them. Okay, so left side, right side, putting them together, best self upstairs, downstairs, putting them together. Good idea. The next part of this book talks about how to develop that upstairs, okay? One key point is being aware and then gaining control. So when I taught in first grade, um, I came from middle school and I went to first grade. It was a shock to my system, right? So I remember being in a classroom and a kid broke their pencil and I kept thinking like, not a big, like a broken pencil. There's like 400 more on my desk. Here's another pencil, but it wasn't the, you know, whatever pink colored pencil with the unicorns and a glitter eraser. It was the yellow pencil that I kept at my desk. Um, so being aware that their, their emotion is real to them. Okay. Um, but then naming maybe a one to 10. And how we do this, we did this a lot with one of my kids with their anxiety, but you can also do it with emotion is one to three is average. Like we go through that, even one to four, like everybody goes through that throughout the day, right? You're able to be, name it like I'm grumpy or I'm happy or I'm right in the middle is like this, like, oh, like you want to react to it, right? Past it is yelling, hitting screaming. Okay. So being aware of where you're at and then being able to gain control. Okay. So for example, let's go to number two, feelings are real. Feelings are important. Let's use an example of a new puppy who your kid loves and the picture that they drew that they loved and the puppy ate it. Right. So gut response is the feeling 
the reaction is the feeling of, I hate that puppy. I don't want that puppy anymore. So you have choices here. You can lock the puppy up and say, I know you hate the puppy. We'll put the puppy away. Or you can say, are you mad because the puppy ate your picture? Yes. Okay, here we have another choice. You can now say, it's okay, you can draw another picture. Or you can say, oh, I bet you are upset because Ginger, the puppy, ate your picture. Do you think Ginger meant to do that? Yes, Ginger's so mean. She she meant to eat my picture. Yeah, but do you remember yesterday when she ate that pillow? Like, right, like connecting that this wasn't an attack on them that this was something that the puppy does and then understanding and moving on. Okay. And then number three is honestly something you're going to have to gauge for yourself and your family and your kids, because something that works for my oldest isn't going to work for my youngest um, and isn't going to work for me. Um, you've got to learn how to calm yourself down. Okay. So like, I remember when one of my kids was little, we would tell him to think, we'd start talking about a Minecraft world, right? When that started to be his thing. And he'd start describing the Minecraft world and it would help calm self down. Deep cleansing breaths, right? Um, imagining yourself in your grandparents' hammock that you like to go to. Thinking about the ocean, right? Every family is going to have their own thing, right? And so part of the way of developing the upstairs is not shutting down this guttural viral emotions that we all have, but helping ourselves calm and um, self-soothe, right? We talk about that with babies and stuff, right? Okay, now the next step in this book, I'm going to go through the whole book in like, what time is it? 821, 20 minutes, y'all. This is Cliff Notes on speed skates. Okay. So the first one kind of made me sad when I was writing it, that we are wired for we, and we are wired for community. Now, right now, doesn't help us very much, but oh, look, there's my dog. Yeah, Ginger. Um, she's probably mad at me because I used her as an example, but we are wired for we, we are wired for connection. Okay. So right now, that's going to look a little different in the land of social distancing, but that doesn't mean we can't do it, right? Wired for me, we right now, I'm seeing my boys um, connect in ways that they haven't connected before COVID, right? They've become tighter and closer. My family as a whole has been doing that. They've also, um, now I have older kids, but FaceTiming with um, their friends and um, they're not the biggest fan of Zoom calls, but they'll do them because I make them, um, that kind of stuff. But we are wired for we. So that helps develop the upstairs. The more we interact with other people, the more we develop this upstairs portion of our brain that helps us empathize with others, connect with others. That's the whole eye contact thing, all that kind of stuff. Um, here's the other thing laugh. Having fun is so crucial in parenting. If we are only making lists, making rules, developing rules, creating consequences, like nobody's going to like us and we're not going to like us. And it's just no fun, right? 
But if you can find ways to enjoy each other, my kids were little, we used to have WrestleMania right now. If I did that, I would, I would die. I would die. Um, if those of you who don't know me, my children are man sized children. So no more WrestleMania. Um, we ended that about three years ago, right? But we can still laugh. We can still play funny games. I mean, we do like silly, we haven't done it. We're totally going to do this. Like lip sync contest. And, um, we played Pictionary the other night. Um, all those kinds of things where you can just simple things to laugh. Right. I mean, my husband cut his hair into a mohawk. Looks great. I cut his hair and then he mohawked it, whatever. Um, and then conflict through, uh, connect through conflict. Um, conflict is always an opportunity. Um, to grow together, right? So um, I love this portion of the book. It says like, hey, mom, mom, Mark called me stupid. And she says, why do you think, oh my God, there's a spider on my desk. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, help. Um, okay, let me focus. Ignore the spider. Mom, Mark called me stupid. Why do you think he said that, right? So you're connecting instead of just saying, Mark, did you call her stupid? Right? So that doesn't do anything. Connect. And so why do you think he said that? Well, maybe I made fun of his picture, but I was just joking. Was that the picture he's been working so hard on? Yeah. Well, do you think maybe that's why he got so mad? So then that child is processing that for themselves you're not calling the other kid down to you know punish them and look through it right you're helping them understand okay so that my dear friends was a 171 page book in 25 minutes okay i highly recommend this book um, if you want to go a little bit deeper, but again, let me say it again, connect the left side and the right side of the brain, help them understand that they think both emotionally and logically. And if you can connect those, it helps upstairs, downstairs, same thing, right? Downstairs part of our brain is really, it's there to save our lives. It's to keep us alive. The upstairs part of our brain is higher development, higher thinking, emotional thinking, all that kind of stuff. Connecting those two, no matter what age they're in. Um, I'll tell you in the back of this book, after the refrigerator sheet that I use has the whole brain ages and stages and it starts in zero to three. I don't know if you can see that, but it starts in zero to three and it helps you understand what you can do when. And then when you're up upstairs, downstairs brain, integrating yourself into your emotions and how you're reacting in situations and then integrating yourself and how you react to others. Okay. Now, this is a book on how to parent children. This is also a great book for us as parents to understand our brains, to understand who we are. Let me tell you, I've not had a good day. It's been real, real grumpy. I think I'm just kind of over um, just things, 
right? My family being one of them. I love my family and I've had so much fun with them. Today was just one of those days where it was just a day, right? But um, I got to integrate myself and others and recognize that right now, this, my frustration, oh, spider, my frustration is, has nothing to do with my kids. My frustration has nothing to do with my family. It just has to do with how I'm reacting. And so I can calm myself down and bring myself into where I need to be. All right. So think about questions about this book. Put them in the comments, okay, because we'll come back to it. And now we're going to go to Sticky Faith. All right. This is some book that we're going to look at every single week. And we're only going to get four chapters of this book because I want to do a chapter a week, not a whole book a week. Um, this book is phenomenal. Um, there is, this is Sticky Faith Guide for Your Family. It's a different one. There's another Sticky Faith book. Sticky Faith book is written more for pastors, right? This book is written by Kara Powell. Um, she was the author of Sticky Faith. So this is kind of the second book and it's talking about how to incorporate faith into our families. Okay. So, oh, it went straight to three. That's no fun. Let's go to one. All right. So faith in our families. I'm going to start with being real. How many of you think you're not good enough to teach your family about faith? Because maybe you didn't grow up in the church, or maybe you're not sure, or maybe you don't know this. Hey, guess what? Join the club. Join the club. If I can get a thumbs up for every person who's had a question about faith that they don't understand, they don't know how to answer, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, it's who we are, right? We don't have all the answers, and that's okay, okay? Now, that being said, that doesn't give us an excuse to not do anything, all right? So this book, we're going to look at chapter two, and chapter two says you get what you are. And it's talking about modeling faith, okay? As parents, we are the biggest influencer on our kids' faith, period. End of story, right? Not your youth pastor, not me, not Arthur, not anybody from your church. Youth. All right. Feel the pressure? It's okay. Take a deep breath. The class is about parenting under pressure. Oh my gosh, the spider. It just keeps going away and then coming back. I think I'm doing a really good job containing myself. Okay, so we get what we are. I remember I used to only do my Bible study before my kids woke up. It's because that's when I needed to do it. But I was teaching some class and my kids were in it. And they said, I said something about how I did my Bible study every morning. And I have children that will call me out. Luckily, at this point, they did it in private. And um, they said, I've never seen you do your Bible study. Why are you lying to people, right? So I brought it out. I didn't so much do it in front of them because that's not what I needed to do for me as a person. But faith is important to incorporate into your daily lives, okay? The second part of this chapter is we will get what our kids think we are. So. Here's the other thing. 
you can say that you love God and do all the right things, but then you ignore um, somebody in need or you don't ever give to the church or you never read the Bible or you never pray or you never mention God, right? They're smarter than what we think. (laughs) Our kids know a lot. And so they will recognize if your faith is just um, for show for them, right? Um, Little things that you can do when they start out younger. Um, I remember when my kids really um, started, we did this um, Jesus Calling book and we left it in the car once they were able to read. And so when we go places, we do the devotion that day, right? Um, when the ambulance came down the side of the road, we'd pause and we'd pray for the people inside the ambulance, you know, the EMTs and the people they were going to see, right? Simple ways to incorporate faith. Three, there are so many ways to model faith. Look, I just got ahead of myself. There is no one way to model faith, okay? It talks about so many different things. Um, Sticky times, sticky ideas, right? Every day you pray at five o'clock right? Or you pray at seven o'clock in the morning, same place every day, maybe most states, right? Because we are, you know, who we are, but you've got to be consistent. Um, A running conversation with God, read scripture, pray, connect, ask people, um, and ask your family, what times of your work and personal life are you most likely to turn to prayer? What difference would it make if you prayed, there's a story in here that says praying with your calendar. So um, I actually forgot about this. I'm going to try to do it again. But this mom prayed as she was working on like her daily schedule or dad. I hate that I'm always calling moms out. Dads, you're vital too. Um, if your calendar seems too full or too, but she would say her daily prayers, then look at her, her daily list. And through the power of God and the Holy Spirit, that she would know like where to focus her energy in that day and what she needed to pray for. Um, I just think that um, something is routines are important and schedules are important and choices are important and that we don't do that with our faith, right? We'll make lunches before school but we won't read a Bible verse before school. We'll lay out the outfit um, Monday through Friday, but that Sunday morning we're like frantically, you know, remember when we used to wear pants to church? Um, So thinking about simple things, I'm not talking about doing a huge daily Bible verse every day, right? Simple things of um, finding ways to incorporate prayer. Right now, I'm going through um, a book called Feasting on the Word. It's right here. This is my office space. And look how simple it is. So we just started this third Sunday of Easter. Has a simple reflection, right? One Bible verse, simple reflection, simple prayer, and something to think about. Takes me about five, 10 minutes. Some days it takes me longer because the reflection takes me to a deeper place. But the point of sticky faith is that you do it consistently because y'all, when we don't do it consistency, our kids know and they feel that in their, their own lives. 
Um, and again, just want to remind you, you're good enough to teach your kids about Jesus, right? People in the Bible, very, very, like not all the best people, but God chose them because their hearts were pure or their, their, their hearts were in the right places. And so I know a lot of you on this and a lot of you watching this, that you are who you're perfectly created in the image of God. That doesn't mean you have all the right answers when it comes to faith in your family, but it means that you can do it every day or try to do it every day. And when you forget, like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't do that today. I just had to go from Saturday to Monday. I forgot Sunday and Monday, Oops. but it's there. Right. And then I'll catch up. It's giving yourself grace in that and moving on, but being consistent in your faith. Okay. So again, sticky faith. This is a practical guide for your family. Um, we're going to go through four of these chapters. This chapter, again, just pretty much says, do it, do it every day, do it consistently. Um, because if you don't model faith, your kids are going to see that. Okay. So here are some ideas to think about. What are you already doing that's helping you model faith in front of your family? What are ways you and your children um, are being, are helping support your faith? Um, and what can you do in the next few weeks to move towards building a more consistent faith pattern in your home? I'll say if you're a part of St. Andrew, we're working on faith at home. Um, and it's going to be something that we release in June about how to, um, build faith into your daily life. All right. I told you it would be um, 45 minutes. So we have about five to seven minutes for questions. So if y'all have any questions, I haven't seen very many come through in the comments. Um, but I'm here to answer anything that you might have. So I'll give a second um, for y'all to develop those questions. One person did send me um an inbox of, you know, like in the land of COVID when we're like, <sighs> um, at least that's me right now, at least today is, <sighs> um, I want to give you permission to take a deep breath and go back to the beginning of class. When I said, we have got to give ourselves grace. Okay. We're all parenting in a different way. Either you have a stay-at-home mom and a working dad and you're both at home or the dad's going to the office and now the mom is in charge of homeschooling for three kids or um, the dad's going into I mean the mom's going into the office and the dad's in charge of it and right like we're all just doing things differently um, lots of deep breaths and lots of grace and you also don't have to react immediately right? If there's something going on, unless they're hurting themselves or hurting others, you can say, Hey, I'm not happy with this situation, but right now we're going to talk about it later. Right. And that's again, helping them connect those brain pieces of left brain, right brain, upper brain, lower brain, all that kind of stuff where they can, um, 
kind of start thinking, I mean, I was angry at one of my kids and I just looked at them and said, um, <laughs> I can't, can't even think of a punishment right now. So tomorrow you just let me know what your punishment's going to be. And hopefully I agree with you. All right. We have, um, a comment of what are the best ways to start teaching, showing faith with a toddler? I think simple things of, um, incorporating Bible stories, reading Bible stories before bed, right? You can also read Peppa the Pig and watch Peppa the Pig, right? Like I'm not saying you can only watch Veggie Tales, but incorporating stories or like in certain events, like um, I remember that this story reminds me of a Bible story I've read before, right? Connecting those pieces, saying simple prayers, um, recognizing God in your house and God in your family, um, and God in others and God in creation. I think just naming it is really important. And then you're going to see them name it also. Um, at St. Andrew, we, um, bless the children at the end of, um, chapel and circle time. And, you know, you can't do that enough to say you're blessed to be a blessing and we do it on their forehead or on their hand, they get sick. Some like it on their um, arm. Um, but just recognizing that they're blessed to be a blessing for others. I don't think anybody can hear that enough. Um, we also have listening stones and maybe I'll introduce those um, another night in this class and see. So I'm going to give you all, you know, the full on view, but got me some new glasses. All right. Any other questions about either the whole brain child or incorporating faith into your rhythm? All right. If you have questions throughout the week, feel free to inbox me. I do want your opinion on if we should keep this a private Facebook page or if you're okay to opening it up to public, um, that's going to be your call. I'll post it on this page and, um, I'll get a vote from y'all and we'll see. Um, but I do know some people had a hard time finding it. And so there's that. All right, let us pray. Dear gracious and loving God, thank you so much for the gift of parenting. Um, you probably know deeper than any other how when loving deep means that the feelings um, are so powerful. Let us lean into your love and to your grace and learn how to pause and recognize the goodness in our children, the goodness in our partners, and the goodness in ourselves as we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. I'll see you all next Monday night at eight o'clock. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. We really appreciate all that you do to help lift connect with others. Make sure and go like our Facebook page where we give information about our guests, upload our podcast each week. And I just want to say, remember, if you need anything or any of these podcasts, bring deeper questions. You can always reach out to me at St. Andrew. Look forward to connecting with you on our next episode.